You're listening to Red Nation Online. I'm Ian Clark. We're back from BMO Field and Toronto FC's mauling Columbus Crew 5-0 to win another Trillium Cup. Yes, it was the 90-minute display and result we've been waiting for in a rare podcast where criticisms and whinging are at an all-time low. Instead, it's all about the performance as we look at all the goals, all without DP strikers, and two down a man and with fringe players who finished with class. Of course, we zero in on Toussaint Ricketts and Victor Vasquez, and truthfully, bask in one of the better nights at BMO we can think of. It's all that and more on the next 35 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. Flower power. Flower power? What do you mean? Trillium Cup, baby! Oh, I see, yeah, yeah. That's how you win a Trillium Cup. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> or, we said this joke before, the Ryan Johnson, what the fuck is this trophy? Yes. Toronto FC. <laughs> Did they say, oh, no, no, they said this is the third, I think it's the third time this year we've got a pizza slice. If I'm not mistaken. We've got a, quite a few pizza slices this year. What does that mean, pizza slices? I think when Toronto wins a game... I think it's either three, think. two goals, but it has to be a clean sheet. I think. Uh, no, no. I think you have to. They have to just score more than two goals and win. I think that's those are the two conditions for. Well, pizza, either way, pizza. it's been a pizzaific season so far, and uh, I would say, like maybe off the hop, I, I said this when we were walking home. I think it was a couple podcasts back. Aaron Nielsen was on the was on that episode, and we kind of were talking just about the way Toronto was winning, and it kind of felt like. After the first half, they took the foot off the pedal. We'd yet to see sort of like that comprehensive 90-minute destruction of another team at our hands. And Tonight there you go. Up. Tonight yeah. was the night. Yeah. So that's now off the bucket list. Yep. Check. <laughs> uh, Eight-game unbeaten run off the bucket list. Seven wins of, I think, our last eight, I think, is where we're at. Continuing the winning streak, I guess. Yeah, and I guess you could say, considering this is... A, you know, we've lost to Columbus. We lost to Ottawa in the middle of the week. There was a bit of, you know, maybe I don't say shaken, but I think it was a, you know, it was a wake-up call that uh, Toronto lost that game, and they came out tonight. And I don't even think there was points of it where we were saying it was the necessarily the, the best performance we saw. There were definitely moments that they could have done better. There was mistakes made, so a few errant passes here and there, but and, and they for, were, they and were, for were the clinical for the most part. But, and for the scoreline, I don't think, like, I mean, it was, so the, the result was 5 nothing and 5-0, uh, and, and, you know, Columbus wasn't out of the game for at least that first two-thirds of it, you know. I think the turning point was when Iguain was, like, uh, subbed out, right? And that's when, I don't know, it was just, it kind of was over at that point. But, but before then, Columbus was getting so many chances that I felt like, oh, 
it's just a matter of time and we don't have a convincing like we were up at i think two or three nothing at that point and i was like it's i mean sure that's insurance but not enough i don't think for columbus to come back right and so until the green was taken out then i was like okay well now it's sort of coast time right but yeah that it was exciting to see a blowout because the only game that i've ever watched toronto blow out was the montreal game where we won the voyager cup in montreal yeah uh, like in, in the early seasons yep and this is the first time i got to see it live so i mean fantastic it was just fantastic but and, and i would also probably say like you know that game i'm trying to i'm trying to remember the lineups for that one but i mean that wasn't a very strong montreal team we blew them out two years ago if i'm not mistaken but that was an expansion season for orlando and they were pretty shit um obviously last year in the playoffs but we didn't see that game when we beat new york city fc 5-0 in new york People were at that game, but that was for most of us that was on television. I think this is probably for at least us on the podcast. Um, well, going into this game, we had played Columbus twice already this year, and yeah. and we were kind of level in terms of the results. They beat us two one, and we beat them two one. Uh, so it was pretty much even going into this game, right? Thinking, oh, this is anyone's game, right? Yeah. And then seeing the starting lineup, which was missing two of our key strikers, which was Josie Altador and Giovinco, who are out. You get a, you get even a bit more panicked because you're thinking, who, where are the goals going to come from, right? You not going into this game, you didn't have the strong sense that this was going to be a goal-scoring game for us, at all. Right. It was just like this is going to be a squeaker. It's going to be close. Yeah. And it was, you know, pretty edgy. Like, yeah. Just and, our, and our big goal scorer from the last two games, Benoit Cheroux, didn't get, uh, didn't get in the starting line. He was not anyways. in it either. Yeah. But uh, I think, I think I would just circle back because without picking out too much of it but you know you, you alluded to the two games we've already played against Columbus if we put this Trillium Cup in perspective and the three games that we have against the season which is unique that usually Columbus is a team we end up playing almost like in the last weeks of the season and now all our games with them are out of the way until if we meet them in the playoffs but the, you know the first game obviously that was in the early stretch of the season where we got we got beaten two to one um, and that was a disappointing result and then we went back there not But it was in ago. Columbus, right? Yes, it was in Columbus. And then we go back there. But then we go on a winning streak after that game, right? So we got the loss out of our system. But that was, I mean, the game in, in Columbus, which was like, it was kind of a, it was one of those games where you're watching on TV and you're like, they don't look good. And, you know, we'll be lucky with anything coming out of this, but it looked like another loss. And then out of nowhere, you know, Ricketts heads that one ball in and then... Vasquez flicks that ball on and he slams it in far post and we're winning 2-1 and Ricketts gets the brace and that was what kickstarted his recent run of form I would say is that yeah. Columbus game in fact I thought you know he was certainly in the running for man of the match tonight he had a fan, fan, I, th I thought he had a fantastic game I thought most most of the play came from him I mean he's playing up with Spencer who has only been in I think once maybe before so he got a, I think he got a senior team contract a few weeks ago yeah he's been lingering around uh, I think the TFC two team and he's a guy for those who don't know Greg Vanny has basically been bringing this kid along since I think 2010 2009 so Greg Vanny used to work at the Rail Salt Lake Academy and Spencer was a player that he had on that team and then when Vanny and um, was at Chivas USA, he came with him to Chivas USA. And then from there, he went to play in Norway, if I'm not mistaken, for a little bit and had some loans here and there. And then when that, I think when that contract finished up, Vanny brought him to Toronto FC. So he's some guy, he's a kid that Vanny's clearly known for 
many years, and he sees something in him. But uh, I don't see it yet. No. So, we'll, but it, and we'll we'll maybe get into more detail on him. But that was like he that was a key note in the starting lineup, right? Fortunately, though, we did have Vasquez starting in this game. I think obviously that was a huge factor in the way this game played out. Sure, he scored two goals. Uh, the first comes off of a penalty that uh, that Ricketts earns in the first five minutes of the game, which is the setup. And that's also part of why I still thought it was anyone's game because, like, when you score off a penalty kick, it's not really it's not necessarily an earned goal like the way that you get it in open play i i feel like this was still anyone's game at that point yeah um, i agree and it wasn't until the 39th minute when we got the second goal which came off of a, a feed from spencer so this is the one play where spencer has a good play and i think there was another where he won the ball so i i, I credit him with two good plays uh and that was the ball that went out to goes out to morrow morrow had already missed on a on a on a, a shot earlier from the same angle uh, this time he threads it like beautifully inside post, just a fantastic goal, and we're up two nil going into the half. I just, I still didn't feel like it was you know the game was had been settled right. Yeah. Especially because Columbus had kept coming at us and coming at us and getting their chances. Like I was almost really I was super impressed by Columbus's play. I thought that they were just it was only a matter of time before this game was like they were on their way to leveling it. So I didn't I I felt like this was short going to be short lived. Well, I think I think the which is the way a Toronto FC fan feels. Most yeah, of the times, right? yeah, that is, and and I think the observation was correct that uh, in those early goings of the of the of the game in the first half, you know, aside from that the beautiful ball that Vasquez put through to to Ricketts, which was a, another thing that we'd brought up. Who who was on the podcast that mentioned that? Oh yeah, it was Alex, right? When he was saying, you know, the kind of play the player that Ricketts is, he's kind of playing off the shoulder. Of that last defender, and that this was this was a Ricketts yeah. performance that Alex was talking about, where he just got to get that ball and him into one v one with with room ahead of him, and he'll just blow right by that guy. Yeah, uh, and that's and that and I oh we that should first we, and we should make the observation yeah. though that was a beautiful Ricketts run. stands over the ball for a couple minutes until Bradley comes and yeah. listen listen buddy let me take it. You're not. You're not taking this penalty. We're giving it to Vasquez. Oh, you think he called it? Because I, I felt like Bradley was going to take it. And I was like, "That's a mistake," because he's going to roof it. <laughs> and then Vasquez stepped in, and yeah. I, I didn't. I, I thought it was sort of. I, but it, that maybe that doesn't make sense. I didn't. I didn't see where Bradley went. Someone in our in our area was saying. Vanny may have passed the message to Bradley to pass it to Ricketts. Like I think there was probably like. Yeah. He had to pull him over and be like, "Look, man." I feel bad for you. And then Morrow gave him a pat. Like a bunch of guys were giving him the pat on the back saying, don't worry yeah, about it, man. This is like, your goal, but, you know, yeah, you're not going to take it. Yeah, and I felt bad. I felt bad for Ricketts in that instance because last weekend against New York Red Bulls, Ricketts had the game, fucking game-winning goal. And he earned it, and they took it away from him by an offside. And this, you know, this would have been, he would have scored this goal, and I think it would have been like, yeah. Yeah. The goal that I earned, and I got it. yeah, yeah, made up for it. So I felt bad, but I, I wanted to tie that but, into. But but I mean, he earned that goal. I mean, the way he did that run, that was a beautiful run. Like, and he had clearly beaten that player from coming from behind. So you could see actually dem- that was a beautiful demonstration of his pace and his ability to sneak by a, a defender. It was it was beautiful. It was like poetry in motion, really. Yeah. So now we're starting to see like with Ricketts as a starter, and we can start to see how good he is. Yeah. But I observed after that too, because you I mean you talked about the way Columbus was playing, and they did have probably like three or four 
chances where they had numbers in our in our area, yeah. numbers in our box, and the options the wide player had, both in the six yard box going back to the top of the eighteen. You know, they were sending guys in with options all over the place, and we were getting really lucky with just getting a foot in and stopping these wide plays from from creating something dangerous. And that was something I was worried about in that first 10, 15 minutes, that this was going to be Columbus's game and we were going to get burned at some point. But I feel like our saving grace was the lineup. I feel like because it looked like we were almost playing five defense and five midfield, I mean, that wasn't the lineup. We had two forwards and three mid, four midfield and four back. But the... You know, it was a four-four-two kind of thing, but like the way sometimes it lined up was Morrow dropped, and then all of a sudden we're we're playing with five backs. So it was a fluid formation going back and forth, and when we needed to soak it up, that's what we did. So in you know, but we should also mention about Mavinga getting yeah. caught off. Like some that's around the same time. Around the, I have around the twentieth. A lot of those. Uh, yeah, twentieth minute. I think a lot of the holes were coming through not the center but through the wings, through the flanks, and. In some ways, that's best because that's where the crappiest angle is, right, to shoot from. So if you're going to give up anything, give up the angles. But it, it, this wasn't a matter of having to make a choice. It was just, I think, Mavinga trying to play a little bit of bait and switch uh, in terms of, like, sort of giving the player the thing and then trying to over – he quickly anticipates but then over-anticipates and then becomes a hole repeatedly – on the, I think he was on the left side, right? Yeah. So there was quite a few breaks down that, and then I think he smartened up. Like I, I don't know what happened, but like it seemed to get sealed up after that. So yeah. I, there was at least three chances that came down his wing, and then I started to see him going on the other side on Beta Shore side, and I was like, oh, what the hell's going on? They're just using the flanks all the time and then putting it through. That's I think they kind of I think Toronto adjusted at that point, but it was because of this heavily defensive formation that had sometimes Morrow coming back, sometimes had Bradley coming back. I mean, at one point I saw six defenders and I was just like, whoa, we are defense heavy, right? Yeah. For, for a team that's scoring too. Like, yeah. I mean, well, I saw times where Ricketts was, was the guy covering the, the widest player on Columbus. Like, he was coming all the way back yeah. at times. So I felt like they were playing both ends of the game and I just, I don't know. This is, this, I, maybe this lineup, I mean... I was looking at this lineup and going, it's a young squad. This is mostly our bench. This is the next generation. This is TFC, the next generation. Right now, we're witnessing it. And so in some cases, this was a showcase of the bench. Not on purpose. I mean, more out of uh, accident than by design, right? Yeah. Definitely, because they're younger, they can run more, right? So I'm feeling like, I don't know, they're just in it to play. And and when we were talking about that, the I guess the blowout factor so these guys are trying to earn their spot on the line, so they're not going to give up the, on the game. They're not going to like take the ball in the corner and kill the time. They're just going to keep playing because this might be the one of their only chances to play and to show themselves, right? So, uh, I mean, we saw that with Jordan Hamilton scoring yeah. like in the in the additional time at, yeah. the, like, at the end with a with a goal from Edwards, both of them being substitutes, and I was just like, this is fantastic. Like, I mean, yeah, Edwards uh, on the wrong side, wrong side too. And I was just thinking. I hate it when teams sort of give up and play for like just play to kill the clock. I love watching it play right to the end. And yeah, I was just oh, and this is treated to that, but this, because because they were just all start like they weren't because they were all bench guys, yeah. right? They wanted to play because they were on. Yeah, for the and, first th- and this is the kind of result like we said at the top. It's this fantastic. Is, this is the result in the in the kind of performance we hadn't seen yet from this team because yeah. they just kind of like would coast out 
a two 0 win or but the, one whatever of the factors it was. is because it's like because it's like all inexperienced players. They're all they're not inexperienced, but players that are on the bench. They're not the they're not the starting eleven. So they wanted to, they were hungry to play and they wanted to play and they kept playing until they until the whistle was you know blown. So yep. it's fantastic. If we're following chron- chronologically where we've been going in this conversation, you know we're at two 0 up at the half. Yeah, and we both noticed when the halftime. Second half was about to kick off. Columbus had been out for over. They came out over a minute early. A couple minutes. They yeah. were out for a few minutes. Like at the three-minute mark, they were already, some of them. Most of them were on the pitch, and then they were ready to play. And I was like, like they were Toronto, in, they were Toronto in formation. Was like, Toronto was like not even anywhere to be seen by yeah. the by the time the you know the half was called. Right. And I was just like, where the hell is our team? Like, are they just <laughs> what's going on? Yeah. And I and I think I had concerns. They don't really need the pep talk. No. Like, I was like. I had, I mean, we both had, we both thought of it, and I had concerns that, like, wow, they might, Columbus could be coming out very prepared and looking to turn things around, but that wasn't the case. I mean, my note within five minutes is Columbus just looked lazy, like they were turning the ball over, like just on, like just the short, simple passes, you know, just like they weren't. uh they just weren't. But I feel like we had set the tone on that. Like I, I, I don't. We were turning the ball over too, but not on short, not on sloppy play. It was more like these long ball things that we were doing, and I was just like, "Why are you kicking it to them? Like, why? Why don't you just keep it? Just play the short and then work it up instead of like you know long balling it so it's way down on their end and they're just going to come back at us." And there was a few times where that was happening for us too. I don't think we were necessarily dominating play. I think that's one of the things about this about this blowout result is that like it's not indicative of the play because in some ways. Some of it was both sloppy but also exciting because you got like that enthusiasm. But there was also sloppy play on both teams, right? So I feel like inexperience in some cases was the was also a con for both teams. Fair enough. And they had a player who was playing with a cast on. Like I mean, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know. It looked like he had a, like he certainly had a cast and it was huge. It looked like a club arm or something. And I was just like, this <laughs> guy calling him. What are they calling him? Mega Man. Mega Man was one. The one I was thinking was, it was, looks like he's like, he looked like a fucking pirate. And it's like, he couldn't, yeah, can't because play. it was black, right? Yeah. It was to match the sw- so it's like, you can't, you know, when he plays, he's got to take the hook off. <laughs> and then when the game's over, he can put his hook back on. He was having, he was struggling running. It was awkward for him with that, like that extra weight was not balancing him. You could see he was struggling. I saw him often after he got rid of the ball, he was quick to get rid of the ball. And after he got rid of the ball, he was usually grabbing one of his legs or something. And I just felt like this guy's in rough shape. There's got to be someone else on the (laughs) bench that could sub in for this guy. Or maybe just Columbus is, is also struggling with injury right now. Yeah. Like we are. Well, that, I mean, whether it's injury, but this is the time of year you're going to, like, the international breaks are coming up, and then the Gold Cup is coming up soon. I think a lot of teams are going to start having to figure out how they're going to juggle their roster. Um, you know, the other, the other notes I have going up to the third goal, which is worth noting, the Vasquez free kick. That was a beautiful goal. Yeah, that was mean, at the just before that, right? we saw Vasquez, which, which, would, which is something they did a couple times a game, was threading beautiful passes, and he got Spencer, he released Spencer 1v1. And I think I think when Spencer yeah, subs out, I was, want to make that comparison though. So that was at the 54th minute. Yeah, Vasquez to Delgado. Delgado, it's a give and go. Vasquez then threads it through to Spencer. So they they're, they ran this ball right out of our, our end. It was beautiful. There was like they made so much yardage up in such a quick time, and Spencer gets the ball. And then what happens? I think he just gets turned around. Well, he, he, and at that point, if he had uh, if he had sort of had the sense about him, or I don't think that's the right word, because I think he was just too turned around. 
He had a beautiful shot on net. He could have just scored. That would have been like yeah. that would have clinched it. It was a him. tight angle, but he still had a shot on goal. He, yeah, it's just that when he came out of his turnaround, he was he was looking towards the center and not towards the goal. And I think if it would just been 15 degrees more, it would have been a shot and a possible goal, right? So we would have been three up at that point. But like it was only three minutes later that we earned the. Or no, it was at the 59th minute. We got the yeah. Vasquez gets the free kick, and yeah, and it was Delgado who earned the foul. And yeah. it looked like it actually looked like Delgado goes through the foul, and he and the ball squirts out because it looked like he was about to pass it to I think it was Ricketts, and Ricketts was offside because I saw the flag go up. So we thought the the call was going against us. Yeah, and then all of a sudden Vasquez is lining up, but he's right. And when you watch the replay, it actually looked like Delgado was in the 18. So he didn't give us that. I guess he's like, you only get one a game. <laughs> and he puts it just outside of the 18, which is, you know, as we know from um, Vasquez isn't a tall guy. And we know from Jovinko, I mean, right at the 18 yard box is not the best spot for a free kick because you just don't have time to bend it yeah. over the top. Yeah, there's not enough distance, right, for it to come back down. Well. But he didn't need that <laughs> because, because on the short post, which is, I was looking at the replay when they were doing the man of the match, uh, the goal. The, he was completely screened by his wall. The keeper couldn't see that shot. And they all jumped. It, sure, that too. And they and he went low, bottom corner, inside post. The keeper does he does realize what's going on and make a dive for it. But at that point, it's he just doesn't can't make up the distance. And it was a beautiful, just a beautiful short side post, like on the ground, hard and low. Just a beautiful goal. Yeah. Just a beautiful goal. Yeah, straight anyway. in. Yeah. And you know what I, I should have looked for, and maybe they'll listen to this, is when he did his run-up, is there something that's like I'm faking that I'm going to try to curl it high to make them jump? And then he hammered it but low. But he couldn't even, I mean, the keeper couldn't even see. Yeah. Like, but he obviously, the camera angle that they showed. But the defenders the jumped. Keepers, yeah, so yeah. he must have done something for them to think he was going to go high. No, I think that's just an immediate reaction. You yeah. just got to try and get high so that like, so that when, if it's going to be a chip of some sort, it doesn't have the distance to come down. So that, there's a good chance you're going to head it or deflect it over, right? Yeah. Because, no, that's just an immediate reaction. Walls just jump. They just jump. And the Columbus keeper, after that goal... Well, he was he was uh, he was pissed. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, he was pissed. he was pissed. He was pissed before that. Like he was sure giving he was. those guys an earful before, like when the one defender there just like laid the ball off and Vasquez picked it off. I mean, he was losing his mind then. I and it, you can't blame him. I mean, they didn't really show up. Yeah. Uh, once and like you said, this was around when Iguain left the game, and that he was the only guy that I think really offered any kind of hope for them or any semblance of you know heart. Anywhere on the field, he was. He, everyone and once he was gone, that he was over. leaves four minutes later. But in between there, Ricketts gets a run, and I feel like at this point the game's now wide open, right? So I feel like now it's starting to open up because Ricketts is now running at will at these guys. And I also noticed one of the other things I noticed early in the first half: Delgado ran. He lost the ball, and then he ran directly at this guy. And this is the first time I've seen them sort of run directly at players, and. Basically, the guy kicked it at him. Like, he tried to kick it, but he wound up kicking it at him. And I was like, wow, that's, like, ballsy. You know, you often hear people saying, run at him. And that's the first time I really noticed with Delgado. Delgado comes to play another major role later on in the second half where he gets a red card for studs up, right? And so then we start playing. uh, We're down a player. We're playing 10 men. And we still score two goals in that 10 minutes after. I think it was, like, the 80th minute where... 
Delgado gets kicked out. Was that it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. And we still end up scoring two goals after that. And this is, I think, after, like, what's interesting is that we play, we scored two goals down a man. It might have been, like, the end of the game. That's when people are tired. But they had subbed in their players. And I, I don't know. We subbed in more of our bench. Like, I mean, those guys, the people who were scoring were the people who were on the bench, right? Yeah. I mean, Hamilton, beautiful goal. Yeah. But he's not Osorio, too. Osorio. Yeah. Finally. Finally gets a goal. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of good stuff to talk about that because it was Hamilton. Here's a good... Here's a, let, me, let me talk about... Like, can we, may, I want to yeah, do a sidebar. Go. Yeah, let's go. Because Hamilton comes in the game the 59th minute and he subs in for Spencer. And I want to do a... Yeah. I want to do a discussion on these two players. Yeah, please. Because, you know, Spencer shows up on this team and I remember there was some discussion online where people were like oh no is this the end of jordan hamilton are they going to give the spencer kid a run and i was actually worried no especially if he's favored by the coach yeah i'm like and and we know from last year at least i kind of had heard that you know vanny doesn't i don't know how highly vanny rates hamilton i know within you know toronto soccer circles he's highly rated because he's been in the system for so long he's been playing for canada so long he's he's known as a clinical finisher but I think there's questions around his work rate and his professionalism and, you know, his, you know, training and things like that. But I have to say, watching Spencer for 60 minutes and when Spencer got that through ball and the way I just the way I watched him handle getting sprung 1v1, the first thing I thought to myself was Hamilton would have finished that. Yeah, I thought the same. I, I mean, I didn't think that I, I, not, I, I couldn't compare it, but I certainly felt like. There's something. Spen- about- There's something about Spen- there was something very awkward about the way Spencer like took that run and couldn't. I mean, he just lost the ball kind of immediately, right on yeah. the end. And I was just like, whoa, that was. It almost looked like he didn't get a shot off, and he had he had a lot of time on the ball. He did. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. Like yeah. that's kind of what happened. Yeah. And I kind of felt like he had. I mean, obviously he had the great play where he broke up the play and passed it through to Moro. But for the most part, my, the, my observation of his game was... That was the play where I felt like he should have been... That's the play that I felt like that's why you got subbed, <laughs> kind of. Oh, the, what, the one where he missed the goal? No, I'm thinking of the one where he just, like, he got a pass, no, I'm th- took I, it down the flank, yeah. and then just lost it. Like, And he had lots of time. This He also had lots of time on this, and but the, there was a pressure. The thing is, he put himself under his own pressure, and I just felt like, man, that was kind of a waste. Yeah. Like, you just... You had all kinds of time to turn that and run with it and do something with it and you just kind of let it go out of bounds yeah well I, th- I think if you look at i th- when i look at it chronologically i mean it was 54th minute i think he had his 1v1 and i could have sworn that was. hamilton we 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 saw hamilton taking off his jersey they were like who's 22 oh yeah it's hamilton like shortly thereafter so i think that was when it was like okay Let's let's swap this yeah. out. And our observation of him was at the 60th minute. So six minutes later, he did look somewhat lost. Yeah, out there, he did. I mean, that's that's. I'm trying. But to I didn't be, feel that about nice. Hamilton. No. And here's and here now. If I talk if we talk about Hamilton and you know just saying, I thought Hamilton would finish that. I think from people who listened last year. I mean, I'm not as much as he's Canadian. I wouldn't call myself necessarily a Jordan Hamilton booster, just because I think he's can show so much more. One thing is that, you know, partly being Canadian is that, you know, a lot of the American teams, they're not they're not scouting TFC2 and they're not aware of who these grassroots players are in the GTA. Hamilton has every opportunity like Raheem Edwards has this year to come under the radar and just explode on the scene. And he hasn't taken it right. You know what I mean? He hasn't. He should be busting his ass like we've never seen a player bust their ass 
or like we've seen with a Raheem Edwards, who's really taking his opportunity and, you know, runs straight at players, literally running through walls. Um, and that's probably my criticism of Jordan Hamilton, what I've seen from him so far. But when he came on in that last bit, I thought his movement looked better than what we saw last year. Uh, and obviously the setup to Osorio, I mean, we saw that sort of, we saw him willing to try to go 1v1 with players. It didn't always work out. But the one with Osorio was beautiful. And, I, and to talk about Osorio as well, if I saw that, observed that correctly, I mean, he threaded this ball through. Osorio took it through the middle of his legs yeah, and tapped did, yeah. it from his outside foot to his right side foot. So it curved on the outside post inwards, which is a tough goal to score. And we've seen for a guy. Up, for, for a guy who's had so many chances and not scored. Fantastic. And you, and you <laughs> saw that. Fantastic. You saw him fall to his knees. And he, I think we all, like, and for those of us who've supported him for the It was an exhale of, like, finally... Yeah, of what he sh- what up. he should be sh- doing for us because he is like supposed to be billed as like a you know a, so not a necessarily attacking midfielder but you know a midfielder with attacking uh, potential and we saw that the first he scored five goals I'm not mistaken in his first season and beautiful goals too and then if we wind up this game you know we're obviously talking about Jordan Hamilton and the play from Raheem Edwards we touched on that but that was also beautiful yeah and when Raheem Edwards gets all the time in the this world is, this is after everyone had sort of left right because people. I think it was around maybe the t- 10 minutes left to go in the game and there was like this mass exodus. It was just like everyone's leaving. I, I think, who did they take out? They took out Ricketts and I think that after Ricketts goes out, most of the stadium empties. Yeah, to a nice ovation. Yeah, but but I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, okay, well, there's not much going to change in this result now. I think it's probably, probably pretty safe to leave and like, you know, it's sometimes tough to get out. It's certainly tough to get into the stadium. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's tough to get out. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess it's fine. But people missed a show. They missed the two goals, which were just both as pretty exciting as the rest of the game. Yeah. So, and by the bench that sort of deserves some start. start like, they certainly deserve some limelight. I yeah. Feel, so. Yeah. And I would just, like, the last little touch of that is the, the goal that Hamilton scored. Yeah. I thought showed, like, great commitment. You know what I mean? To a ball that was on its way of going out. And he stayed with it. And I sometimes I think, I sometimes I think young like the young players who are come in and they're a bit gun shy and they don't want to take the limelight. You know, they might have tried to kick that ball. They might have given up on it. We've seen plays like that happen in the past. And uh, for him to commit to go with his head and poke that and, and and send that where it needed to be, and the keeper couldn't do anything about it. You saw him just yeah. <laughs> fall back. Yeah. Say, what am I gonna do? Uh, I, I just really thought the last. You know, five, ten minutes of the game. I just loved how they never stopped playing. That's yeah. what I love. And I feel like the people who are leaving from the stadium, listening to the cheers going on, going, what the hell is happening? Was, and, that's why you stay. Yeah. <laughs> that's and why you stay the, to the end. The, and the people who stayed in the stadium, you know, like they didn't, none of us checked out either. In fact, some of the best, you know, support or cheering yeah. came in the last ten minutes of the game. And afterwards, when the Trillium Cup was being passed around and thrown into the South End, yeah. right? There's and, some sights and sounds. And the, t- and the team is doing the Icelandic clap, right? The Jordan Hamilton's leading the drum. It was fantastic. I mean, I just, you know, and, and that's something else I wrote down. There was like, a, at one point, I think it was at the, I think it was at the 72 second, yeah. second minute. There was like the Icelandic clap starts. Yeah. It was one of the bigger ones this year for sure. Yeah. Like re- people were into it. I was into it. Everybody was into it. And 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 it was drawn out beautifully, like for great dramatic tension. Um, they kept it slow for a long time. 
And then it breaks into, I think it was the chorus of... The TFC. The TFC chant. And everyone was doing it. And that was... I was, I wrote down at that point, does this... this It doesn't get better than this. This is like the... Like, this is the pinnacle. This is... I, I don't know. I saw it tonight. I witnessed it tonight. This is like... This is... Everyone's talked about, like, this season being the you know what we've waited around for but that was the that 72 second minute where we start where everyone was going into it and everybody in this in the fan in the stands were in it that's when it was for me this was what i was waiting for this is that was the minute so if we were to do sights and sounds that chant at the second 70 second minute was it for me and now i can die happy <laughs> honestly well yeah it was fantastic I mean, this, is, this is what we talk about when we're like you know what was it? Was it last home game where they were trying to force us to celebrate yeah. the first goal? Yeah, and we're like, this it was totally don't tell organic. Me, don't tell me how to celebrate. That that, that wasn't scheduled by Toronto FC. That you know that that uh, the chant and the clapping totally and not. the TFC stomping. Yeah. That was 100 percent the South End doing it on their own timing. Because if TFC had their way, we'd do it once in the first half. In fact, there wasn't really much going on in the game at that point, right? I mean, We were defending. There was was a back and forth, and we were certainly under the gun. You're right. And... and, But that was a rally, and then, I don't know, it turned around again. (laughs) Turned around again. Yeah. So, anyway, I just felt it was... That was the moment. Yeah. If I was to do a sign sound, that was the moment, the 72nd minute. To cheer. Yeah. Trying to think with my sight, any, any of my sights and sounds... Would be other than winning, we win the trophy. <laughs> they threw well, it. They threw the, it into. Okay, we, so that's we, you did say that they <laughs> they have the trophy. They throw it into the south end, and all the players walk off the field. <laughs> that was also a minute. I thought that was a great. That was also a great moment. I feel like you know, and I think Phil was saying, you know, this did start off as a supporters' cup, so it's only right that the supporters take it home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I don't think it's coming back. <laughs> I think that's really And uh, to be honest, I don't think too many people care if it didn't come back. Yeah. These ridiculous... Cu- I, think, <laughs> I think most people say outside of the Cascadia Cup on the West Coast, they're all ridiculous, these cups they've, they've created. And I think it's like when you talk about the league, I like when, you know, before Toronto came in was an iteration. When Toronto came in, that was like the second wave, they call it 2.0. And now we're in a point where there's like the quality of the play and the you know the stadiums are getting great attendance. It's now I think taking another bump up, and you don't need these league manufactured rivalries anymore. Right? Yeah, yeah, right. That's what I would call them. Yeah, yeah. Because Columbus isn't our main rival. It's Montreal, right? Like that's yeah. Montreal. Columbus is a great team to beat, and there's a lot of there's a lot of cool history with like us. Toronto FC's traveling there because at one point that was the closest team to us. But Montreal is a natural rival for us. Yeah. So and it's a beautiful win yeah. when we beat the impact. I don't know if this I mean, I had some like a few things off offline from the week, but I don't want to talk about them because it was such a beautiful win. They're sort of like criticisms and stuff like that. So maybe I'll save that for another day. Okay. And we'll just wrap it up at this, Steve, because it was like it's Friday night, feeling all right. <laughs> That's but, a lyric. Yeah. <laughs> Five nothing. I mean, what else? I just like it's nice to start the weekend off. Yeah, like this. Like this. Totally. And I'm sure everyone's everyone is now going out and having a good night, having a few extra pints at the end of the game. And um, I think we're gonna leave it at that. Uh, the next game is New England away next Saturday, if I'm not mistaken, 7:30. There's a week off, and then I think we're hosting DC on the 17th. 
so that's what the schedule is looking like. So I think, I'm pretty sure I'll be around next weekend to catch that game. Uh, and then you and I will probably be back on the 17th. But in the meantime, Steve, you're still doing Equalizing Distort every yeah. Sundays. And Andre's going to be on the show this week, tomorrow, on Sunday, I mean. Okay. So he used to do a show called Hardcore Still Is in London at CHRW. And uh, he's going to be heading off to Japan soon. So I was like, why don't you come in sometime? And he's, he's like, going. Yeah. He didn't tell me that. Yeah, he's Is moving it? to Japan again. Yeah, so that's, that's why he's not talking because I'm going to give him an earful. So he just got back. Yeah, but uh, you know it's uh, yeah we're going to have him in and tell us about the show and yeah. and so, so in, this coming so Sunday. this podcast will be aired after Sunday. So where can they find that episode? So if they're listening Sunday, it's 89.5 from 10 o'clock till midnight. And if you're online, it's www.ciet.fm. You can find our show Equalizing the Stort there, and we also have a blog. So. We post it up on the blog after that, so you can listen to the show from there. Great. And, and the blog has the playlist and stuff, so you can actually follow along with what's going on in the sets. And he's going to be doing five sets of, like, vicious hardcore so and contemporary stuff, so tune in. Cool. It'll be worth it. Uh, and everyone knows where you can get me. We've got lots of good feedback lately, actually. A few emails came in. I keep always forgetting to, like, loop those into the, to the episode. Um, got, you know, texts from Alex during the game. Saying, uh, what did he say? <laughs> he we right behind we us, won right? the flower cup. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty impressive. And then, uh, okay, yeah, so you can get me at Clark RNO on Twitter, info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. You can tweet at rednationonline, any of those. You know, if we don't discuss it on the air, I obviously respond to everyone who, who sends tweets or emails, and we always appreciate that. Um, hopefully, it's, you know, this was a point. Is- on iTunes? Yeah, of course. So rate us there if you can. Yeah, give us a rating. I think we're still stuck on our last ones from three years ago or something like that. Need the bump. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. This is a buoyant episode. I'm sure there's uh, things that we missed, but that's okay because, I mean... We just wanted to... Yeah, it was a great night. Five nothing, baby. Okay, we're going to leave it at that, guys. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll catch you next time. We want you to get involved. Reach out to us on Twitter at Red Nation Online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca. Get in touch with us. Let us know how you thought the team did. Agree, disagree, it doesn't matter. Also, check out our other podcasts on Red Nation Online from The Black Hole, Ours is the Fury, and our interview series. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you guys next time.